0: Why, hello. You're listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Irwin, a.k.a. Niagara Moon, the bedroom beach boys, the maestro of MIDI. I uh, keep uh, an orchestra in my computer at all times. Uh, If you're in the know, if you're a fan of what I do and you're just listening to this thing to see what kind of music I like, welcome back, Moondog. Uh, Excellent to have you here. You're a true Blue fan. Uh, If you're new to this whole thing, if you're tuning in for the first time, um, this is a podcast where I basically talk about albums of note in depth with different uh, musician friends of mine. I'm a musician myself. I do a little bit of research, but um, I'm coming at this more of an angle of just a a fan of all kinds of music. I listen to music all the time, and I make music myself. And often my guests are a lot more uh, educated than I uh, that is pretty much the case with uh, Mr. Mark Grundhofer joining me today from Georgia. I had him on last week, talking about yes, close to the edge. Uh, he's an awesome dude. He is uh, a good word for him would be reverence. He definitely appreciates the uh, the tradition of great musicians and studio musicians and uh, how important they are. And that's certainly a big element of the album we're talking today, which is Gaucho by Steely Dan. So we're going to certainly get that conversation going in just a second. I will also mention that uh, Mark is a wonderful guitar teacher, both technique and and theory and a whole lot else. He's working on and building up his Patreon called The Complete Guitarist. If you'd be interested in uh, becoming a better guitarist, check out his Patreon channel. Again, Mark Grundhofer. The Complete Guitarist on Patreon, and I'll post a link in the show notes as well. So here we go, Gaucho. Hey right, Mark, nice to have you back.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back.
0: It's a good old doubleheader here. We did uh, "Yes" is close to the edge last week. That's right. And uh, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, we've got "Gaucho" by Steely Dan. Um, one of their great records. I mean, it is it is just chock full of you know fantastic compositions and killer grooves and hit songs. I don't know how many of these were actually hits, but it's got one super hit on it at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey nineteen. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about Steely Dan with you for, I mean, a bunch of reasons, but uh, one was, um, you, I know you have very strong feelings about Aja, you love Aja, that's your favorite. That's it, yep. And uh, long ago, uh, me and Dan Barracuda talked about Aja, and he was he was less than enthusiastic about right. uh, aspects of it, and I guess that didn't sit well with you.
1: And we set the record straight on our, uh, we had our discussion about uh, Tears for Fears, and we we kind of you know took a tangent into into Steely Dam but um yeah a- Asia's is absolutely one of my favorites i think that uh the, the you know the writing is is really good i might think i might be more inclined to say i like the writing better on gaucho but interesting but asia has this gaucho has some great musicians studio guys in it and we got we right, got to talk about some of them
0: it's a Steely Dan album, obviously. But I
1: have some issues with a couple things with um, the guys they hired. Um, whereas on Asia, I feel like everyone is used to their fullest. You get all the great Larry Carlton guitar playing, and he's one, yeah, of, my, he's yeah. one of my favorites. Um, he's great. You get Bernard Purdy. You get Chuck Rainey. You get Steve Gad. You get all these, these heavy hitters um, where you get them on Gaucho. But, uh, I mean, if, 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 if we're gonna get right into it, uh, the tune, um, what is it? It's uh, it's yeah, My Rival, which is kind of a goofy mm-hmm. song anyway. Um, <laughs> has Rick Derringer and Hiram Bullock on guitar, and neither one of them and neither one of them play the solo on it. So the solo is played by uh, Steve Kahn, but Hiram Bullock, who used to play with like Marcus Miller, he played with Sting. Just insanely good guitar player. And then Rick Derringer, which, if you're not familiar with Rick Derringer, the dude just smokes. I mean, he's just, it's incredible. And yet, I have no idea what they're doing on that track because the guitar mm. the guitar is so minimal. I, on I don't that even track. think of
0: guitar when I think of my Exactly. There's <laughs> a little, organ.
1: there's a, right. There's a little lick in, you know, there's a little mini solo, but it's not, it's done by Steve Kahn, who is mm. not the level of Hiram Bullock and definitely not the level of Rick Derringer as far as like you know superstar guitar player. They got Mark Knopfler on on uh uh Time Out, time of out of Mind. and he For does like two seconds. Yeah, but you can tell there's Mark Knopfler. There he is, right? But again, yeah. underused studio guys. Wow. What, like how did they bring these guys in and then not give them, you know, their platform that they needed and uh, yeah, yeah. Asia to me is the exact opposite. Asia is Hey, uh, you know, hey Bernard Purdy, like, give me the Purdy Shuffle, and we are going to make that the, you know, the the center point of Home at Last, you know. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So I this even, is an interesting place to start. I even have.
1: Uh, oh, Bernard Purdy is on on uh, uh, Babylon, Babylon Sisters. Babylon Sisters, right? But yeah. what is the one? I've got my I've got my liner notes here. Um, there was one, oh yeah, it's on Hey Nineteen. Steve Gadd is listed as percussion. So what, did they give Steve Gadd, the greatest you know, drummer of all time, like a shaker for that song? <laughs> so, yeah. that's, this that's is
0: an interesting place to start. Yeah, you, the, the difference between this album and, and Aja yeah. and how musicians are used on right. each. Because um, this album did come out, uh, what, two, three years after Aja. Well, is it? Okay, yeah. 1980 I think Age was 77 it's it's in yeah. the shadow of that album mm-hmm. which a lot of people will say is their their high mark their masterpiece and definitely like set the tone for this period of their yeah. career and then Gaucho at the time I think was maybe a disappointment to some people other people were more enthusiastic about it but it was more kind of generated mixed feelings um, I think the whole ethos of this album compared to Age is very different mm-hmm. and Intentionally so. So Aja, they're they're taking the role of these great band leaders, and they're bringing so many people together, and it's still a very organic sound, warm. uh, Has a lot of callbacks to classic jazz, blah Mm. blah blah. Gaucho is going into this like electronic, like minimalist territory in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, And so the way you use musicians is going to be different, and there's so much restraint and like holding back. Right. With these different players. I mean, it's it is weird to think like forty different, forty two different people lent themselves to this album. Like you know, this huge amount of personnel, but it's such a sparse, held back sound. Yeah. in So many moments.
1: I, I think I think you're right. Like we even talked for for a few about um, kind of off. Uh, maybe it was, it was earlier in the week. We talked about how Hey Nineteen has so many sections where it's almost like they they probably recorded. Like maybe solos or little little sections, yeah, yeah. but then then the, I think they stripped them away and said, no, no, the groove is so good, right? And uh,
0: uh, you know, mm-hmm.
1: if you if you if you're if you're wanting to listen to that song, go back to that song, and and you know, it's during the uh, sure looks good, yeah, da, da, yeah, yeah, mm mm mm, and. I don't know. I mean, I will. I will bet money. There's a solo, like on the master tape somewhere. There's a muted track that has a guitar solo or or a sax yeah. solo during that. And they were like, no, no, no. This groove is so tight, so good. Let's just let's pull it back and just literally let a rhythm track play. It, it sounds like a backing track during that part. Like yeah, you know, it, if, but it really it gets you in a zone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love it. I love it. I would. I you know if I. Um, I, I just I'm just curious. They did that. They did that classic albums, VH1 did that classic albums for Asia yeah, where, they, yeah. where they went back to the tapes and they showed all the ex, like all the other solos that were played on like Peg and things like that. I'd be curious uh, what this album looks like because, yeah, you've right. got all these musicians, you know. And maybe because they did Asia and Asia worked out to the, way, to the way it did, they were able to pull in all these guys, but, you know, way underutilized um but maybe it's for the best because it's yeah. You, know, you, this you say underutilized,
0: is but it's all intentional. It's yeah. they had a different goal in mind. Right. Sure. Um, sure. So if if you want what age is doing, you don't really get it here, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thought r- it's, You know. I'm, oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say I think that's why Asia is my is is because right. I because I live in the. Jazz fusion, you do. I want to hear like I want to hear like a crafted solo. I want to hear the saxophone just ripping. Like that's why to me Asia is is probably my favorite album. But when I listen to Gaucho, I'm like, man, is there anyone who writes lyrics better? You know, (laughs) maybe Ben Folds. Maybe that's it. You know, Um, I mean, the lyrics
0: are another can of worms altogether. Yeah, like like
1: the song Gaucho, like those lyrics are. Oh man, I, I rarely get excited about lyrics, and I love, I love the lyrics to Gaucho, the the track, um, uh, Glamour yeah. Profession, another one. I mean, even Hey, even Hey Nineteen, and just sort <laughs> of like simplified grooviness is, uh, you know, lyrically genius.
0: Yeah, they really they paint very vivid pictures, but still with a lot of code coded language, uh, very poetic. But it's yeah, where where to get into this? It's uh it ha- this album has such a like polished sheen obviously i mean just the amount of money and time the insane yeah, amount of money sure. and time ridiculous So over the, over the top like <laughs> unnecessary yeah but it, so it's it's you know and people will accuse it of sounding like a hold music you know elevator right, music right, right, just right, right. kind of right. glossy whatever mm-hmm. but it's so sinister and dark and cynical that most of the stories they're telling yeah uh I mean, half the songs are about drug abuse or perverts or prostitutes or. Sure. <laughs> like the most innocent song almost is My Rival because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a goofy, like 1940s language. Right. Uh, like, uh, ne- you know, talking about a nemesis, like a-, a jilted lover, basically. Yeah. Everything else is so, again, it's so coded and kind of, it's like behind a wall of like poetic license, but it's you know th- this is ski- this is a skeezy sleazy uh <laughs> collection of tales here
1: yeah so what so so i mean i'm i'm curious uh, uh you know your your you probably have stronger feelings towards this album maybe than i do but what's what's you know what's your what's your favorite tune and what's your your least favorite tune yeah. on this one
0: um well I don't really care for third world man as much as the other songs okay and that's one that was like a that was a holdover from the Royal scam sessions yeah. uh, like that has Larry Carlton on it who didn't had nothing to do with these sessions but they just like right. brought uh, this tune back from yeah he's, he's the highlight of that one
1: yeah Larry yeah it's great um I will say and then I and um, I, I would I want to hear your 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 favorite but um I will say about third world sure. man that one that one got new life for me once i started really getting into steely dan's official live album alive in america they do a killer they do a killer version on there and i remember i heard it on there and i was like man this is a good song i should like go back to the studio and then so now because years ago i might have said third world what man was my least favorite but uh it, it, yeah my rival that live version my,
0: gave a new life yeah for
1: and my rival just you don't like doesn't, my doesn't, rival i mean i like it i just don't like it that much and it is yeah. kind of funny like you said earlier that it's uh it's uh donald on the organ not the yeah roads or piano and you know it's such a it's such a goofy organ sound too
0: Oh, you say Goofy? I love that organ sound. <laughs> See, we're gonna get into organs. This is yeah. This is
1: close to the edge all, all over again. Our our pref- <laughs> our preference towards uh, you know,
0: church wow. organs versus you know. Because I, I was gonna say at some point during our conversation that organ sound is one of my favorite parts of the <laughs> That's Awesome, and I love how how little he plays, but where he puts it, yeah, It's just it's so delicately balanced. Okay. Uh, I love my rival. I love that weird groove. I love like mm-hmm. the interlude with the horns. Yeah, it's just a yeah. very uh-huh. weird abstract moment. But the top tier for me, uh, I'm gonna yeah, I'll say Glamour Profession, Time Out of Mind, Hey Nineteen. But I mean, my rival on Babylon Sisters is close behind. This is just all yeah. around. I will enjoy the I, album. time.
1: Time Out of Mind is 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 that's it for me. That's the top for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that I could love, be like
0: that. That pop single.
1: Yeah, I love "Hey Hey 19, It's great, but "Time Out of yeah. Mind" is is absolutely uh, my favorite. The you know the 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 chorus tonight when I chase yeah DJ, yeah and the harmonies going on and uh, you finally get Michael McDonald back on that
0: one blood in my eyes <laughs>
1: <laughs> and man I love Michael McDonald it doesn't yeah. do much better than that. That um, we will certainly agree on uh-huh. any day of the week. Um he also's got he's also got the Brecker Brothers all over this record. You know, the the Brecker brothers are Randy and Michael. I mean, just what what a what a duo oh, they their saxophone? Saxophone and um uh, trumpet and uh Okay and yeah gr- great And if you've never if you've never checked out like Brecker Brothers uh solo albums, you know, it's 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 some good jazz fusion yeah. borderline into smooth jazz stuff um but you know some of the older stuff is a little better than the newer stuff it definitely gets smoother the old, <laughs> the older they get um yeah those yeah. are those are those are really great um albums the is that other saxophone player uh tom scott uh he's a he's, oh yep. yeah he's a heavy it, yeah. hitter in the in you know in like the seventies and and eighties and stuff in the in the jazz world so they got they got some really legit players on this on this record you know no doubt.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just had the keys to the castle. Again, they could just right. do whatever they want, get whoever they wanted, spend as much money as they want. It was a very weird particular time in the industry for an album like this to happen in the way it did. Yeah. And then freaking like Walter Becker, one of the core members of the band, barely plays on most of this album. He plays a lot of bass here he and there. He plays on like 3 songs. Yeah. Yeah, a little bass, little guitar. Uh not even Donald Fagan... Sings on everything, but he doesn't even necessarily play on all these songs. Just yeah, feels like
1: they started to like just take vacations. They're like, we wrote these great songs, you guys play them.
0: <laughs> right. Or, or, so here's like the crux of what I find really cool about this album and why I might even view it favorably to Aja. It's like, so, so they were these band leader guys who could also, you know, play on the songs too but they went further and further I think into this role of like movie directors yeah like they have a vision in their minds for what they want they have a specific sound they want to achieve that nobody else has touched or come close to really Mm -hmm. and their mission is to achieve that sound in this recording and if that means they don't play at all or they play a lot less that's right in line with their mission
1: and I think and I think they they just have such an appreciation for these these musicians that they got on. They wanna they wanna feature them. Um, when I saw them I saw them live in uh, in Anaheim, probably maybe maybe like two thousand eight two thousand nine something like that. Um, it's the only time I've seen them live because when they were touring, you know, their ticket prices are just absurd <laughs> you know so but i had to As see any once. popular band from the 70s yeah is but be. i had to see him once and they they were touring that album that they put out the um uh, i think it's two against nature no it might have been the other anyway not everything great, must
0: go one everything one those, must yeah. go
1: not great um you yeah. know uh but anyway they they have this they have a you know the huge band they have this huge band john harrington on guitar you know they have uh i, f- I forget some of the other guys but they just giant band and the band comes out, and they did this for for years, and the band plays for like 30 minutes. They play one long medley. It's like 30 minutes long, and it's Steely Dan wow. tunes without Fagin or Becker. So Fagin and Becker aren't on the stage. Mm. So the band is playing, and they're yeah. all instrumental, and they're instrumental. It's an instrumental medley of like obscure to popular tunes. Basically, all the stuff they don't want to play in the set, but the audience wants to hear, <laughs> you know, like, I
0: mm. mean, of course they, of
1: course they play Josie and they play, uh, you know, it, with the full, with the full band, but, but, but they, they send the band out there to play, you know, things like, you know, Kid Charlemagne or something like that, right? Yeah, like yeah. the band is playing it, um, instrumentally and everyone's taking solos and it's like, and it's, in it's, it's, you know, trading off solos and improvisation and all that. And then after, you know, this 30 minute, intro song Walter Becker and Donald Fagan come out and then they play full songs you know for the rest of the show and it's like it's it's kind of amazing to me it's like they're just they're literally just hanging out backstage while you know their band is playing their songs you know
0: so so they had the band play all like the hit crowd pleaser songs up front or something
1: I mean not all of them because they still like all right w- they save some for later they save some yeah because you got you know you gotta
0: play reeling in the years and yeah, stuff so I was gonna say that that would be such a that would be such a uh, Donald Fagan move to be like give the audience what they want first and then I'll get to do the fun stuff well, after the but that's over. what I mean
1: there was some of there was some of that I feel okay. like they did I feel like they did Hey 19 like that if I remember correctly it's yeah, been a long yeah. time but I feel like Hey 19 was in there
0: I don't want to do right, it you guys exactly. do it
1: that's that's precisely what I'm saying yeah um so it's just, it's just such a steely, yeah, it's such a Steely Dan move, like to, to just, yeah. hey, ba- hey, band, you guys go play this.
0: The band's name after a dildo. <laughs> right, exactly. Bitch. Yeah. It, getting back to uh, Gaucho again, it's like, I feel they let themselves be the most themselves of any of these albums, if that makes sense. Like they just fully went with their own impulses. So it's like Walter yeah. Becker is like the guy at the back of the room who just like, you know, can weigh in and, and give his yeah. input. But, you know, yeah. he's, he's having problems with drug abuse. I think that casts a long shadow over this album too. Which uh, is ob- obvious in a lot of the lyrics. Yeah, the ensuing tension with, with Fagin about that. And mm-hmm. he's, he's just, he's in rough shape, but still, uh, you know, in a creative zone. But you look at pictures of Donald Fagan, and the guy's not out there to make friends. <laughs> he, I know, I've never seen him smile. He always looks – he reminds me of Stanley Kubrick. I don't know if you're a Stanley Kubrick okay. fan.
1: I mean, I'm not – yeah, I'm not real familiar with what he looks like, but I'm, I like his movies. But
0: I just – but they're both like uh, – they're geniuses, and they make these immensely accomplished works.
1: Well, I was going to say, does Stanley Kubrick look like a vampire too?
0: A little bit, yeah. They both have this look in their <laughs> eye of, like, I know exactly what I want. I'm going to do anything to get it, even if it means 160 takes, whether it's Got audio it. or video. Like, uh, my whole mission in life is to accomplish this work, and I don't care about the feelings of the actors or the feelings of the musicians. So, I'm going to yeah. do whatever I have to, like, during the recording process, after, like, just this one-track-minded determination. Uh and that's, that's how you get the Donald Fagan sound and the sheen of perfectionism that is like most clear in this album. Like, that's that's what I mean also about it getting almost like electronic feeling is that it's like inhumanly perfect, but mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't feel like safe. Like it has this edge of menace just with how dark the songs are. And it's it's like an uncanny sort of feeling. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, it, it, it definitely feels... Like I don't know
1: why, um, yeah. Uh, I, I put on this album, like I put on Asia when we're like hanging out outside and like yeah. you know maybe or, or like something like, that. like yeah, exactly. I don't put this album on. I'll put Hey Nineteen. <laughs> I'll put Hey Nineteen on. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that one gets by. But I, but I don't I don't really put this one on like that. And um, now now I also I also like completely nerd out on the steely dan albums and um i i think they all are sequenced wrong
0: i think mm. the track order on every steely dan album is wrong and i would i have i have really my this track one order. you think too yeah this uh-huh. one i would say they almost got perfect all right how would you change the track order for gaucho
1: well i mean i would i would open up with gaucho like i would like that's 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 my number one is i would the not, open
0: site too at least with gaucho well, but that's that and record. that's
1: kind of the thing is side two to me is better than side one in as far as the flow goes okay. to me. so I'd almost flip the sides, right? but mm. you can't have my rival on side one. so I still have my rival at the end. I put third world man on side one, though. I mean, wow. of course, it's all personal preference, but it is
0: because um, <laughs> I still like it the way yeah. it is, but uh, that's interesting. To flip it on its head like that. I don't that.
1: think Babylon sit. I don't think Babylon Sisters is a good uh, uh, opener. Oh, I think it's a perfect. As much opener. as I love that song, yeah. See, it
0: really it lulls you in with that and with that long outro, that long <laughs> yeah. fade, and the way that electric now, a, piano now, creeps in at the beginning. It's such a yeah. meaty tone.
1: And I could, I could probably, I could forgive Gouch. Asia's the one that I completely.
0: That one can, feels he, a little, Asia's got. I'm, I'm willing to talk on a, that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, I that one, I completely resequenced. You know, I've even got a playlist on my Spotify of my ah. order of Asia that I listen to.
0: <laughs> That's in true um, uh, Donald Fagen style. You can, in an OCD fashion, change the track order. Just tell right. you one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Now I'll tell you. I'll tell you my uh, my association with Babylon Sisters because I wonder how many um, I wonder how many listeners. Uh, you have on this podcast that would that that would agree with me that are maybe out in uh California um every summer into the fall I have co- Babylon sisters constantly stuck mm. in my head because the only talk out there is the Santa Ana winds
0: and and
1: so I live my life out there living in California like just with that song well, it's, like, it's like the news okay the Santa Ana winds are coming yeah, you know, and then I'm like Babylon. That's great songwriting. Sister, so that so that song is that song. Is st- I mean, it's the biggest earworm. I, I don't have to hear the uh, song, and yet just talking about that time of year makes me think of Babylon Sisters. Uh, you know, fires are raging, yeah, yeah. and I'm singing. And I'm singing. You know, <laughs> San Francisco, show you know? <laughs> I love it. Again, another great, great live version of Babylon Sisters on that Alive in America. That
0: one lends itself so good. Live show, I bet. Yeah, with the the backing vocals. Really,
1: yeah, really good. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that that Alive in America has taken over, I forget how many tours, but a couple tours, so you get different musicians. It's not just one band. Yeah. So I think, like, Steve Gadd plays Babylon Sisters, but then you get, like, Dennis Chambers on Asia and, you know... uh, Uh. there's a more famous sax player that plays on... Wayne Shorter? Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's classic uh, Titan of Jazz. Um, yeah, it's interesting right. you bring up the Santa Ana winds. Um, like so many references in this album that the setting is so much Los Angeles uh, between this one right. and then Glamour Profession is about the cocaine mm-hmm. industry in, in, in Hollywood mm-hmm. and everything. It's uh, interesting to think they recorded this album and worked on it in New York City because when they were in, mm. when they were making Asia, they're in Los Angeles singing songs about people in New York, New York characters, Broadway duchess yeah. and all that. And then okay, so they switch back to New York and they're singing songs about people in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> right.
0: They they flip that around. It's
1: interesting. I never thought I never thought of it that way. That's really kind of cool. So what what were they? Where were they? Where did they record? Uh, like yeah, like
0: Royal Scam. I think they were all. No, nah, um, nah, that's where my trivia falls apart. I, yeah. They're either in New York or Los yeah. Angeles for all of them. But yeah, I don't know
1: my. I don't know my trivia of Steely Dan as much as some yeah. other bands. I know my. I know my personnel pretty well because I just again I, I hear like a great solo. And I'm like, okay, who did that? Who was that? You know, gotta get my liner Right, a line right. Yeah, you're out.
0: very. So you're you're very reverent. Like you're you're in tune with the lineage of great players and. Letting great players do their thing, like you yeah. yourself, you play that kind of music that's important to you. That's kind of the scene you're in. That's that's in ages all about that. And then again, that right. little the, the little thing about Gaucho is it kind of forgets that too and just enters this like yeah. sleazy L.A. like hellscape of it's like really polished, but at what cost? Like it's just a very dark un- Like you said, it's not the kind of album you play at parties. So it's kind of like right. what is the situation f- so that just that weirdness about it mixed with the perfectionism is what just maybe I have strange tastes but that's always what's kind of well, been appealing about Show yeah. to me. I mean
1: I mean it's a pretty perfect album but you're right like for me you know if I'm looking for inspiration for um you know uh I'm I'm writing a solo over one of my songs I don't really pull this album out you know. Um there's some great solos on it but yeah, it definitely feels like again, like I said before, I th- this li- this album to me feels like the lyrics are first, you know, the story is first. The the story, the, um, yeah,
0: yeah, they're they're all telling a story for sure.
1: Whereas I could care less, honestly, about the stories on Asia.
0: Uh, Deacon you know. Blues is a great tale, but yeah, Black Cow is is. Pr- I mean, pretty again, great lyrics. Yeah.
1: I'm just I, like I don't I don't it's less together. about that. I don't sit when, like if I sit there with and with my eyes closed and listen to these records with this one, it's like it's like a movie's playing yes. in my head, right? Yeah. Like you listen to you listen to Glamour Profession, it's like it's like a it's, it's a, a movie. Like a movie yeah. You know, it's it's a it's it's a story being told in your head. Even Hey Nineteen is that way. When I listen to uh when I listen to Asia or even um or or Pretzel Logic, yeah. that
0: album that know, one like especially. That, I'm like
1: I'm like, ooh, rip that solo, let's yeah. go. You yeah, yeah. You're
0: listening for the players more. This is this is a producer's album versus a player's album. Yeah, like this is almost assembled in a similar way to like I don't know how electronic album might be 20 years later. Like yeah. it's almost going in kid A territory.
1: Yeah. Ooh, there's one we need to talk about.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this album, to me, you brought up production. This album to me does not sound like it came after uh
0: Asia. Really? This sounds so this sounds so end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s to me.
1: Yeah, but it but what I mean what I mean is um I I mean from a production standpoint. Asia sounds like it's recorded in the future. Like from oh, the quality yeah. of it this it feels like they didn't have the yeah, same
0: like out of time yeah
1: like asia asia could be recorded today and, or it could have be been recorded in, you know it, it could be recorded at any decade and still sound right. like it it's too good it's too good for the for the decade um, yeah i get that the quality the quality is just so top-notch this is top-notch obviously it's just when you listen this to is of its time though when you listen to the you know when you listen to an album like can't buy a thrill that Obviously, sounds like the 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 seventies, the early seventies, right? Yeah. You you listen to Pretzel Logic, it 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 does not sound as pristine as Asia. This this album feels like it fits more with Pretzel Logic, katie lied, like those yeah. kind of
0: like it's the best of what that era could do, but it's still tied to that era. Right. Whereas Asia,
1: Asia is the best of any era. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I would, I would just, I would put Asia as like if if. I've never gone to school for audio engineering, but I gotta think they talk about that on the final exam. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. Like you Yeah. And I mean with that album, I think you get- I think it's not just the engineering or whatever production, like it's it is also the songwriting and arranging. Like mm. no matter how you record it, just what is being recorded and what those people are playing and how they're playing it is as yeah. Key part of that sound versus, you know, maybe they're using all the same sort of hi fi gear and technical sophistication and, ev- and everything else for Gaucho, but it's they're just they're playing a different kind of style, or like uh, right. Fagan and Becker are picking different kinds of takes and different kinds of moods.
1: Yeah, I, I really want to see what was on the cutting room floor for this.
0: I, so much. This and, and there were whole songs that were just accidentally erased, right? Like the second arrangement. I don't know if you know about that. Uh,
1: no, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah. So there, uh, at least one song was almost entirely done, and then some like studio lackey accidentally erased the whole thing, and then they tried to start over and they gave up. That's so. That's so. That's so much harder
1: to do on <laughs> tape. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like you have to. That's, that's so much more intentional of a job to erase a, t- a tape. Yeah, I don't
0: know what went down there, but they lost a lot that they had been working on, and that like made wow. the sessions go even longer and longer, and kind of just mm. made the whole thing more stressful. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, it must have been an anger. I wonder Yeah. No, for sure,
1: for sure. Yeah, I, I would just I, I really wish I wish they do a classic albums on this, but maybe maybe they don't have all that all that material left over, um Yeah. You know, like they did with Asia because I, I feel like they just knew something I knew I think they knew something was was happening with Asia. They knew this was gonna be you know.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you just couldn't get Fagan and Becker to dig deep back into these sessions because maybe there's too much bad blood or just bad memories or too something Too much bad like. blood, yeah. Becker yeah. also got uh, hit by a car in Manhattan and was out of commission for a good while. Uh, well, is that why he didn't play on some of the stuff? It might have been a factor. Do um, like for months, he was just coordinating with Fagan when he could, like by telephone and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his, his well, girlfriend you know, I was... suffered a tragic overdose. Uh, and eh. That was a whole can of worms for him okay. too. Yeah. It was just there were a lot of bad times. And then this also marks the beginning of their twenty year hiatus too.
1: Sure. Right. Right. Um, but you do get some great Donald Fagan solo albums.
0: You do. You get Nightfly is Gaucho Part Two for me. But it's like a happier gaucho. It's
1: it you're absolutely right. I'd love putting I will I will put that on at the pool party. <laughs> I'll put Nightfly on. He actually put one out, you know a little while ago, called "Sunken Condos." How's that That's going? A great out. Oh man, it is so good. I mean, it is it's it's so good. And you listen to it and go, "Well, why couldn't modern Steely Dan be this good?" If you're uh, able to still write these songs, you know. Huh. Um, uh, but anyway, back to back to uh, Becker. You know, um, I never really paid that much attention to uh, his bass playing until I heard him on Gaucho. Hmm. You know, obviously he plays bass on a lot of stuff, but but the songs that I think about the bass on you know Steely Dan songs yeah. are usually someone else, or usually a studio guy, right? But um, man, you know, there's so much going on in Gaucho. You may have never really sat down with the bass on Gaucho, but but put your headphones on and 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 dig into the bass on Gaucho. Mm. Becker goes off. He he has some sweet licks, wow. you know, and he's and he's he's. Famously known as not the greatest player, great writer, great arranger. But yeah. as far as guitarists go, I mean, that's why he brought in all these guitarists. Um, because yeah. he's, he knew what he couldn't not, do. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I've even seen some interviews where he talks about like, you know, how he kind of studied the guitar through his career to try and get better at it so that he could play these things. You know, because even if you go see him live, when you could go see him live, right. um you know, when he was alive, they still had another guy like John Harrington, for example, playing, doing the heavy lifting, mm. you know, on, 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 a, on a solo like, you know, Bodhisattva or, you know, Josie oh, or something like one, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, just, man, what a killer song. But to- totally, uh, totally dated production on that one. I mean, that's mm. an old, that's an early, that's an early album.
0: Yeah, it's the early albums. I, I like them, but it's a completely different band, <laughs> literally.
1: <laughs> I mean, literally, like "Can't Buy a Thrill" has has a vocalist, you know, has a vocalist that's not Fagan.
0: Yeah, which I I don't think he's so bad. He gets a bad rap on uh, "Dirty Work" like and him. stuff. I like him. Yeah, I don't. I, l- I like his voice. Yeah,
1: and and I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to go look, but I'm not sure that Becker plays guitar at all on that first yeah, album. It
0: wouldn't be a surprise.
1: I mean when he when they were touring, he was touring as the bass player early on, mm. so um if you watch some of those old videos of like reeling in the years and stuff, he's just back there just just doing the you know um the the bass playing, the walking but
0: and I should say my my favorite steely dance song uh is my old school, <laughs> nothing to do with okay. with later period, but um that's,
1: that's a and that's an early one, yeah that's yeah. A new
0: one. But I, it's like uh, Royal Scam, Aja, Gaucho. Those, those are like the most filling, like album experiences. That's where yep. they really mastered that art. Um, but yeah, again, the, the Gaucho for me, it's it's this machine level of glossy perfectionism, and every note is just so in a way that you don't yep. really hear with any other album, for my money. Good, good or bad. Uh, yeah, but it's that with these dark, kind of cynical, skeezy stories, and a lot of it being like uh, this kind of scathing look at the entertainment industry in Hollywood, and uh, it's just a very interesting combination to me.
1: I've never lived in New York, so a lot of those tunes about New York life and all that kind of stuff are are kind of lost on me. But <laughs> all their songs about you know L.A. and Hollywood and stuff—I mean, I. I literally, I used to live a block off Hollywood Boulevard, Whoa. you know, like right in the thick of things for for quite a while. And you drive know, drive west on Sunset. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like half. I mean, I, I used to uh, not just Babylon Sisters, like all these Steely Dan tunes. I used to just get in my head because, yeah, you you drive by a a building or something that's mentioned, or a street sign, or or whatever, or you're going up to, you know, um, driving up the coast or something, and and it's like it's like oh yeah, that's. That's right. They're singing all about this town, um, which I'm sure is what it's like in for other records right. of theirs. You know, if you live in New New York, um, uh, but it's yeah, it's it's something to to roll down the windows driving yeah driving down Sunset or up you know uh, Pacific Coast Highway blasting some Steely <laughs> Dan. It's 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 a good feeling. I mean, I, I'm definitely that guy. Yeah. Right? roll down the windows, crank up a Peg. Right. right? Yeah. And just, just, cruise. I've, I've
0: never been to Southern California myself, but I do imagine like, I feel like the music was made for that experience, especially gaucho, like yeah. versus playing it at a social function. Like it was made for like listening by yourself in a convertible or something. Right.
1: Well, and, and, you know, and, you know, I didn't really get into gaucho till much later in my like yeah. steely Dan, you know, love affair with them, uh, because, I I uh I grew up playing the music in bands with my dad mm. and my uncles. Um but we play we play mostly the right. early stuff, you know, like Reelin' in the years, uh play things like, like Pretzel Logic, um Boed we play uh of mm-hmm. course Josie. Um but we you know I've never played a song off this album. I've never once learned a song <laughs> off this album. There's not you know, it's it's not a. Uh, you know, I can sit down at the piano and play "Home at Last," or I can sit on the guitar and play right. "Josie" or something
0: like that. It'd be weird e to play songs. Glamour Profession um, <laughs> at home by yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not not really. They don't really. Uh, I mean, they're great tunes, and you could, you know, if if I were a better piano player, I could probably enjoy sitting around with, you know, like a "Time Out of Mind" or something. Yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, you know, like that kind of thing. But I've never, I've never done that. So, so I found this album much later, and and it was I found this album when I was out in um california and and i mean i'm holding my i'm holding the vinyl which is my dad's vinyl because i i I got all his uh vinyl um all his records and like all the steely damn things but i don't know maybe the uh you know i kind of talked about this on the uh when we were talking close to the edge i used to just go through the record collection and listen when as a kid to albums or the cover art yes Kind of, you know, yeah. got me.
0: Cover art is always well, a good sign. Well, if you got some banging cover art, the music. Yeah, is well,
1: of course, the Yes albums are like that. Um, but like, like Asia, that cover
0: art is very alluring. Yeah, yeah. This.
1: you to, not, you know, so
0: much to you. <laughs> not nah, yeah, yeah. You're holding just, up the it, vinyl record.
1: I'm holding up the vinyl. It just it it feels kind of weak. You know, I like uh, it. The royal The royal scam's
0: cool. Royal scam uh, is a little gaudy to me. I I think I prefer okay gaucho, but uh it's it's definitely tells a story <laughs> yeah it doesn't really pretzel, tell a story with the cover
1: pretzel is kind of boring um yeah just kind of katie lied i just as a kid i thought oh, cool a, a weird grasshopper yeah um you know but then camp by a thrill now that, there's a cool album cover right yeah
0: yeah that one kinda is definitely funkier
1: very very early 70s late 60s kind of um you know graffiti look and all that so
0: yeah it looks like it could almost be a grateful dead cover or something
1: or like rolling stones or something rolling yeah. stones
0: yeah um yeah gaucho the, the cover really doesn't sell you on what kind of music it is i will give you that it's it's uh i guess it, it does make me think of argentina somehow like a painting okay. i'd see hanging up at an argentinian okay. restaurant yeah which uh you know that the namesake of the album gaucho's Singing about Spanish cowboys, and I, I think yeah. like basically uh, like a, a secret gay love affair, mm-hmm. and some turmoil with that. Again, that the the coding in that yeah. in those lyrics, it gets pretty murky. But uh, right, exactly.
1: I, there's a there's a a picture on the back. I feel is more interesting than the picture on the. On oh, the front. I never
0: even seen that. That's really yeah. small.
1: <laughs> it's really small, but it's like, I mean, you talk about like sort of an... I know I'm holding up the camera. Of the podcast listeners yeah, yeah. can't see it, but but it, it's it you know it looks something that comes from it looks like a picture of something that would come from like Central America or I'm not entirely sure what it is, but um because my records kind of faded too. But yeah. again, I don't know. I just the back back picture tiny. Maybe they should have blown that up and thrown yeah. it on the front.
0: But it plays into this very minimal aesthetic going Mm -hmm. on to the whole album where you you know there's something there that's really cool. Like, you know, all these abandoned or heavily edited takes they got with Mark Mm -hmm. Knopfler and tons of other people. You know, all this really cool art and creation went on, but then they strip it so far back and include just these bare elements. But that serves the groove, that serves the story, that serves this like really slick... Uh like a specific headspace you can get into with these songs, and again, just getting back to that that idea that the producers album they' they 're taking the role of directors like they 're crafting this very singular thing, even if that means throwing away all these these interesting elements in the
1: process that's, that's exactly that's exactly it, and you know you're you know the the flip side is they also are at the Absolute peak of their career; they can do whatever they want right. to. Right?
0: They created like, a drum machine for this album for, with one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. The drum machine, Wendell, because the drummers they had just weren't perfect enough. <laughs> so wait, I okay, tell, I don't what, know about. I don't know about this. Tell me about this. They they created a drum machine named Wendell. Uh, Wendell was awarded a platinum record. Uh, and what songs did they use Wendell on? I think it's on hey 19 time out of mind those more like disco songs yeah. huh like or and maybe it's like complimenting a real drum or two or so i don't know the specifics but they incorporated like again mechanical perfection into at least some of these songs
1: now i could i, I did not know that i could totally hear that on um i could i could see that on hey 19 yeah. um I'm looking at the liner notes. Sequencing and special effects, Roger Nichols and Wendell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. W-E-N-D-A-L. D-E-L, um, yeah. I'm trying to see if they say where it's used. Well, I mean, Hey 19 to me always seemed like, I mean, as the coolest groove. Yes. But I always, I always had my, that's interesting, I always had my suspicions about it because it is so perfect.
0: Yeah, that's it you know, it's drum machine perfect.
1: Well, I was listening I was listening to uh so I, there's there's two other artists that I just absolutely love. Steve Winwood is one and his al- his album um uh with uh uh that that first solo 80s record he did, um Arc of a Diver and Spanish Dancer and those um drum machine on that. Yeah. 100%. But but it's like programmed. But then you've got um I was, I was I was teaching a kid how to play this the other day. We were reading through some sheet music, and it's um, uh, "The Way It Is" Bruce uh, Bruce Hornsby. Um, fantastic record that that Bruce Hornsby and the Range album, but that song "The Way It Is" has a drum machine on it, and it's mm. incredible. If you go back and listen to that drum machine, there's not a fill, there's not a symbol, there's not a variation. Yeah. It is one pattern looped for the entire song. I mean, there. You would think they'd at least program in like right, a sim huh? cymb- a symbol hit on a downbeat beat or something, <laughs> but it you don't is need it. oh my, well once you, it's 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 kind of awful man like once you realize that you, it's kind of hard to listen to that song.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's now you you can't unhear it kind of thing. You can't unhear the
1: fact that so sorry for ruining that song for anybody, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that drum machine does nothing. It's and I mean it's so perfect. It has no dynamics to it. It's it's really wild, man. I, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. So I would assume that if they use the drum machine on Hey Nineteen, they just they have it underneath the actual, um, you know, drummer Rick Rick Marota. Yeah, who right, I'm not real right. familiar with him. I'm not familiar with who Rick Marota is, or what else he's done.
0: Yeah, there's but. a lot of names popping up on here. That have probably played on a billion songs that we love but just right you know they're not famous in and of themselves
1: Je- jeff jeff on gaucho i mean talk about one of the best drummers of all time jeff Picaro played the rosanna
0: oh yeah yeah the toto, toto guy
1: toto right oh man that dude is solid and then steve Gadd yep. playing most steve Gadd, known for the 50 um, ways
0: to leave your lover drum intro i know we've yep. brought up his name a Which few is, times now yeah yeah yeah, which is Classic incredible. Player. But yeah, Gaucho, man, I, I, I get why I totally get by this point why you're going to favor something like Asia. and how you know you'll mm-hmm. maybe ultimately have mixed feelings about about Gaucho this album, but uh, like we both said, you can't argue with the storytelling and the just the spot on way the glamour profession, I might do it the best. So time out of mind is so gloriously funky too. Yeah. yeah. Just weird sounds on that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what a product, again, of OCD this album is. Just did they need to do 50 versions of the <laughs> Babylon sisters fade out? Just so much like, I got to get it I just right. No that's, <laughs> no, that's bad. No, that's bad. No, that's yeah. bad. How many times did Donald yeah. Fagan just right. be like, no, I, no, just throw up his hands like every freaking day?
1: Probably, yeah probably a lot. Oh man, probably a lot, right? Like, mm. I mean, it's I can I, I mean, I get it. This album this album has the kitchen sink in it. So you're definitely going to get um you're definitely going to get some uh some some feelings hurt and some uh some fights and and all that. I mean, we we, we just talked about close to the edge by yes which is the exact same yeah. thing you know like that, as that far music as, breeds you know, so much more like like too
0: though that close to the you know is made in a much right. quicker time feels a little more organic spontaneous yeah. this is this is like if you took close to the edge and made it go through like a four-year degree or something
1: well i was gonna say how how long did they take to record this like pretty much
0: years? yeah two years yeah well uh, two years yeah yeah it's a long a time. Lot, yeah,
1: that's a lot of time for and for a that's record. just
0: every day, yeah. probably. You know, I don't think they took a, a lot of breaks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where you lose me on that's where you lose me on some of this yeah. stuff. I want I want to I want to write a song, record it, and and move on. Yeah, to the next I don't one.
0: I don't I think they really wanted to stew in it, and particularly Fagan. I don't know how much else he had going on in his, his personal life at this point. I think he was just in sure. that studio. <laughs> all day every day if i had to guess i mean when yeah when you can when you can afford to i guess that's that's the best way to do it um and yeah it's so it's like i think they set out to do what they achieved perfectly but it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea in the same way that some of their other work is going to be but it's it's like i don't i can't think of another album that sounds quite like it and it is a very uh it's a compelling sound and a very interesting bunch of songs
1: yeah, I'd, I've never compared it to the other albums that came out that year. It might be kind of fun to to see it's, what else was like charting at the time, and yeah. and uh, compare it, you know, because no one else was really No one's ever really done what Seely Dan has done, right? Um, so to see what else was happening at the same time,
0: you had a ton of like softer fusion music mm-hmm. that maybe sonically can resemble this in a lot of ways, but the storytelling and the themes. And the, like the tone is so much different, though it's 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 taking that kind yeah. of pastiche that that like template of jazz fusion, but it's it's so at odds in their messaging, like in in the mood of this yeah. album. It's you, you you know you know people will play it as background music because it it plays that part. It it can function as that role, just the right. instrumentation, everything. But it's it's it marches to the beat of its own drum. Like you know, like I said, it's so yeah. sleazy. It's so uh dark <laughs> for the most part
1: yeah i mean it, yeah it it there's there's moments that definitely feel like a you know like a mobster movie or something yeah yeah right you know it it a, a lot Scarface. of times this album feels feels new york to me versus la right you know it feels that that sort of uh there's 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 moments in it where i where i where you know there's 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 little little hints of 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 a different city than yeah. you know Southern California, maybe San Francisco or something. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, um, but then again, it's tough to get past Babylon Sisters. Yeah, shake it,
0: shake it, <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> So, if we were gonna sum up this big old album in three words, what would you? Uh, would you? What, what? What terms would you ascribe to it?
1: Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I'd. I'd I'd definitely say pristine um I would say uh i mean i be, even though I love it, I'm still gonna say uh well, maybe uh what's the, what's the best word uh i it just drives me crazy hmm. i'm not I'm not the biggest mark Knopfler fan, but God, give him
0: some more licks man i'll I'll let like, you say uh missed opportunity is one word <laughs> like,
1: missed opportunities yeah there we go, there we go. That's hyphenated. Okay. And, and I think my last word is, and the last word's probably cocaine. Like. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, OCD. I really, I think, mm. you yeah. know, it, it in ways it harms and helps this music. Yeah. But there's such a feeling of like, like it's so yeah. tightly wound up. Uh, but then I'll also say restrained. Mm-hmm. You know, just the perfect elements at the right points, and they're able to, yeah. to filter yeah, out a that's, lot. That's,
1: that's that's the better that's the better way of of, of, of uh, viewing my problem mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, and then
0: uh-huh. I'll say cold. Uh, yeah, so these are cold yeah. landscapes. Um, it is, yeah. But yeah, this was uh, this was a fun one to talk about. Thanks for uh, indulging me. I love it. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I hope you found that interesting. If you want to check out my own music, Niagara Moon is streaming anywhere you'd think it is on the internet. Uh, got that going on. And uh, next week's episode, next week's album, per usual, is TBD. I'm not quite sure yet, but I hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye.